morning, everyone. This morning, we'd like to uh, go to the book of Daniel, if you have your Bibles with you. And we'd like to start in the uh, first chapter. Daniel, first chapter. We'll start with verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Athenzi, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing signs, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Meshiel, Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name of Belteshar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor to Daniel. I am afraid of my lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should you why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance to what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for ten days. At the end of the ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. These four young men gave, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. 
the king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered into the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. It was the custom in that day that when people were carried off into captivity to be treated as slaves by their names would be changed to signify ownership and to help them assimilate into the new culture. Sadly, that practice of changing one's name to signify ownership still goes on today in the world of human trafficking. One might ask, what's the big deal? It's just a name. But a name is about one's identity. Let us compare the names of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and what those names meant compared to what their new names meant that they were given. Daniel, the Hebrew meaning is, God is my judge. Daniel's new name, Belteshazzar, the Babylonian meaning is, Lady, protect the king. Daniel's name change is from male to female, from the focus on God to the focus on man, and from an all-powerful God who, to a king who needs to be protected by a lady. The Hebrew meaning of Hananiah is Yahweh has been gracious. Hananiah's new name of Shadrach has a Babylonian meaning of I am fearful of God. This name change takes us from a gracious, loving God to a tyrannical God to be feared, and the focus goes from being on God to being on oneself. Mishael in Hebrew means who can compare to God? No one. Mishael's new name, Meshach, has a Babylonian meaning of I am despised, contemptible, and humiliated. This name change goes from having a focus on God to that it has no equal to having focus on oneself in a demeaning way and one from confidence to cowardice. Azariah in Hebrew means Yahweh has helped. Abednego in Babylonian means the servant of Nebo. This name change goes from a God who has helped to a slave of man. The devil is always trying to change our identity. We live in a world where people do what is right in their own eyes. People want to embrace the desires of their heart. Live your own truth. And the generations are being told that they are entitled to reinvent themselves. From school-aged children who want to change their genders to same-sex couples who are planning their weddings. It is becoming increasingly acceptable to do what is right in 
one's own eyes, and in the worldview rather than what is, is acceptable in God's sight. Daniel understood that his faith in God, and that is what had kept him grounded throughout his time in captivity. He did not succumb to the essential pleasures of idol worship and the moral decadence that the Babylonians focused on rather than on the Almighty God. Daniel had dedication and commitment to God. Evil will be overcome. We need to wait patiently and not give in to the process of temptation of a sinful life around us. It's much easier to resist temptation if we have firm convictions before we are tempted. What a temptation it would be to eat the fine food provided by the king. It was intended to be a privilege and an honor from the king. Many young people would have been excited to have all that fine food after traveling 500 miles to go into exile. But Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah stuck with their convictions to not eat the delicacies, even though there could have been severe consequences. Daniel understood the delicacy of the situation, and he chose to negotiate with the guard rather than to tell the chief official outright that he would not eat the royal food and the wine that was offered to them. Even though the food and the drink was a small matter, the chief official feared for his life if he defied the king's order. Knowing that the chief official would not grant his request out of fear for his life, Daniel sought out the guard to give them a test to see if they would not look as well on vegetables and water rather than on the food that the king provided them. Daniel demonstrated to us that the battle for holiness can be won or lost on the small things of life. Rather than attempting to change their circumstances that were beyond his control, he simply chose to obey God. God then caused the guard to have favor on Daniel. We must also have convictions not to go the way of the world and prepare, be prepared to stand for godly values, even though there may be consequences for us. We may be shunned or ostracized if we fail to follow the ways of the world. We may be deemed to be outcasts from certain social groups. We need to have strong convictions that God is in control and to live our lives accordingly. If we are to stand firm in our faith instead of acquiescing to what the world says we should be, we must clearly know who we are in Christ. Our faith should not be just one day a week at church, nor should it be kept private. The world is bold about expressing a multitude of personal truths, convictions, and beliefs. Should we be any different in expressing our view of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ? We should not be ashamed or embarrassed into silence by the world. The enemy wants to keep us distracted from our relationship with God and be focused on pleasing others. 
and in the process becoming a slave to their approval. While Daniel and his friends were learning all they could of their new culture, they remained steadfast in their allegiance to God, and God gave them wisdom and skills. We must seek out not earthly, but godly wisdom. Daniel and his friends learned the culture and achieved excellence in their work while serving people, maintaining their integrity by seeking God's help and His guidance. Whether we're in a new job, neighborhood, or school, we should seek to live by the same principles to help us adapt without abandoning our faith and convictions to God. While Nebuchadnezzar had Daniel and his friends on a three-year program by changing their food, clothes, living arrangements, language, and culture, he was not able to move their hearts from God. In Romans 8:17, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. That is our true identity. We are co-heirs with Christ, and we share in His glory. Satan wants to cover us in the lies to accept peer pressure, focus on external qualities that society continually focuses on, and to use labels to tell us that we don't measure up. Don't believe the lies of the deceiver, but rather the truth that comes from Jesus Christ. In Numbers 30, 20, when a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word but must do everything he said. Daniel and his friends were men of good character, integrity, and their commitment to God. We should also strive to be of good character, integrity, and commitment to God as well. We should honor our commitments, even though there may be times when it's not to our benefit, but it may actually cost us to honor those commitments. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 and 34, Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne. In Psalms 15:4, Who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord? Who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind? Our identity and character and self-worth do not come from what the world thinks of us. Our identity comes from God Himself. He is our Creator. In Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. 
if we have our identity grounded in Jesus Christ, he will provide the water to keep our spirit and our soul refreshed. And he will shoulder our worries and we will bear fruit for him. In James 5.12 Above all, my my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. In Numbers chapter 30, verse 2, when a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word, but must do everything he said. Let us always honor our commitments to man and to God. Know this above all else. God created you for a purpose. And your identity is in Him, not in what the world thinks of you. God knows your innermost being, your strengths as well as your shortcomings, your secrets, your burdens, and your pains. The enemy is always looking for opportunities to undermine how we see ourselves. But our true identity is as preciously divinely designed children of God. One might ask if Daniel faced a dilemma when he was taken into captivity. Would he bow to the culture or stay true to God? He was well grounded. and He was grounded well enough in his identity with God to withstand the pressure. The real question, are we well-grounded, enough to stand the pressures when they come, and they will come. Do we have that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ that we can withstand the bait of Satan and the temptations of this world? Remember this. God has his own hotline. It's in Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. God is always there waiting to answer us. As we prepare to sing a song of invitation today, are you ready to let Christ confirm your identity in Him? Are you ready to have Christ stand with you in your times of trouble? Are you ready to let Jesus be the Lord of your life? Won't you come and let God tell you how wonderfully and divinely made that you are? Let God tell you that he has a plan for your life. Won't you come now? Jesus is calling.